Good afternoon, Montreal. You're listening to CKUT on 90.3 FM. It is currently 2.03 in Montreal, and it's time for Movement Museum. You can check us out at movementmuseum.com. You can listen to past episodes. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. You can even download the Movement Museum iTunes podcast. And as we've been saying recently, you can reply to us. You can talk to us at movement at ckut.ca. And we welcome any sort of response, show suggestion. If you uh, if you want to come on, if you want to contest us on, on, on an opinion on a show that you've seen, anything like that, we'd be happy to hear from you. So I'm Alison Burns, and I'm not doing this alone. I'm also here with Jen Doan and J.D. Papillon. We are the hosts of Movement Museum, and I'm going to turn it over to J.D., this week because we have a really special show that we all three of us are very excited about and I'm going to let him tell you all about it. Well, hello. Since this is a Pride Month in Montreal, we have decided to host a special edition of the show, which will be a roundtable-style discussion between different queer-identified artists. And we were thinking that it would be good to just have them come discuss what is queer for them, what is the meaning of the word, um, how it impacts on their creative process, if they feel that it is, it, there, there is a different type of sensibility in their, in their work and questions such as these. So we have some fantastic guests today. And because it's a new format for the show, um, we're all sort of going at it tentatively. Uh, we'll start just by introducing the guests and then we'll start talking. Um, so our first guest is George Tamis, who studied at the new school, the School for New Dance Development in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and has been in Montreal for quite a few years now. His choreographic work has been presented by La Guerre de la Danse, the Baryshnikov Center for the Arts, PS122, the Joy So Studio 303, Théâtre d'Aujourd'hui, Live Art Productions, Canada Dance Festival, Fluid Festival, Tangente, LSPU Hall, Dance Makers Center for Creation, Dancing on the Edge Festival, Vancouver International Dance Festival, and many more. And, uh, and we actually have... Wow, and many more? And many more. <laughs> yeah, I, I just stopped because seriously, I was running out of saliva. But you should look at his website, see everything that he has done. Um, so I will pass the and mic over to him if he wants to uh, say a few words about himself. George? Hi. So, yeah, thank you for inviting me onto your show. Um, I'm... I'm excited to be here and talk about this. Uh, yeah, I've also been a dancer for many different choreographers. Um, I come from Nova Scotia. Uh, I'm Anglophone. Uh, I don't know what else information you need right now, but we're going to get to that. So. I want to mention that we've had George on the show before on February 2nd, and uh, I was around for that episode, and it's one of my favorites, and I highly recommend you go back into the movementmuseum.com archives and check it out. February 2nd, we had George Stemlos on to talk nope. about the, uh, it was the 25th anniversary of with Montreal Dance. Dance. Yeah, I yeah. was working with them on a project, yeah. Cool. Next up, we have Gabrielle uh, Helen Coulter, who studied, who did her BFA with honors at uh, York University in Dance and Music. Uh, she is also a choreographer, writer, and a teacher of groove dance. She, um, she is now established in Montreal for a few years, and she recently pre presented one of her choreographies for the Diversité show, um, Apocalyptic, which was just last Friday. 
So, Gabby, uh, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Hi. Um, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm very excited to be here. I'm also representing my female cohorts here among the round table. Um, but really excited to be here. Yeah, I've been dancing for over 20 years uh, and most recently took the position of um, executive assistant at the Margie Gillis Dance Foundation. So I'm doing that, which is uh, a good time. Um, yeah, and that's about all for now. Thank you. Uh, next up, we have Phil Fortin. Uh, Phil Fortin, who is first and foremost a, film, a dance filmmaker. He has also been a dancer in many companies and is uh, currently a student at Concordia in the communication department. Uh, his films, two of his dance films, have been presented at the um, Cannes Short Film Festival, if I'm not mistaken. It was in the market, yeah. It was in the market, yeah. But uh, and one of my other films was at the was at a dance performance festival in Portugal. Perfect. So, what can you tell us about yourself, Phil? Well, I'm I'm still fairly new in my 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 career, so like a lot of my ideas are still in development. But um, I'm I'm having fun and I'm working with some really fun, creative individuals and and learning about myself and people. And that's why I like to do dance film because I love movement and I love people. So. You mentioned some of those talented individuals. We actually have one of them right now in studio with us too, Simon Vermeulen. Sorry if I mispronounced that. That's fine. Simon Vermeulen, uh, you have graduated from the LADMI, L'École de Danse Contemporaine de Montréal, in yes. 2011. Uh, you have danced in uh, two short films, both shown at the Cannes Short Corner Film Festival. Uh, you also uh, got a grant from the New York Conservatory for Dramatic Arts, and you did the Springboard Project recently with um, with Ballet Divertimento. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Um, well, I'm a really up and coming um, dancer as well and choreographer. I'm. Uh, I really want to go into my own work, and I'm doing a dance video myself now. So I'm choreographing it performing in it and producing it so that's my main line for now after having danced with um a few uh a few choreographers yeah thank you so um we will well as i mentioned last week it's um it's a special episode i, I decided to use the with the word queer uh, as a sort of umbrella term uh, to to get all of these guests on board, but it's it's a term that can be kind of difficult, and I'd like to explore with you uh, what this word or term might mean for all of you. Uh, so, for each of you, what is the meaning of the word queer? Do you feel it was it's a term that I imposed on you by using it to get you on the show? Do you identify with it? Um, so, what do you guys think, Phil? Queer is a word that I've never really identified with, um, but it, it, growing up and coming into my sexuality, I've uh, I originally because I come from a very conservative Christian background. You know, queer was a word that was very derogatory. And what I like about where culture and and gay culture is taking the word, they they kind trying to redefine the word, and and so I like you know how. You know the gay community. I mean, I can't even connect the two words because in some some people don't even identify with the gay community who identify with the word queer. So you know, it, it's 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 a weird place be, because like it's it's this middle point. You know, some a lot of my queer friends they they are very fluid in their sexuality, um, 
people who uh you know the word queer i still hear people use it you know because of my unfortunate background <laughs> i still hear people use it in, in a derogatory term so i i sit in weird places with the word um but i i like what people are doing with it and where they're taking it and uh yeah i'd love to hear what you guys think about it <clears throat> hi yeah i also have a bit of a love-hate relationship with the word i i think um what i really like about the word queer is that it points to the fact that we're not it's not just about um who you like to have sex with um that defines you and because it also speaks to a political view that's usually alternative when when we speak about queer um i remember hearing it um in the 90s i'm a little older um and um in the club scene as a kind of way to um excuse me define like queer parties so it wasn't necessarily about um gay parties were just like gay men or gay women um it was about it was open it was a it was speaking to something more about a political viewpoint on um you know not having conservative politics and and like you say being more fluid opening up to bisexuals open up, up to people who might be questioning opening up to transsexuals um so i like that um but then at the same time i see that you know it, it i don't want to I, I like i am um, what i don't like about it i guess is um when it gets too open and then it loses any particular it could lose any particular real meaning where you're finding yourself in a group of people defined as queer where you you, you know you don't you're so um different except for maybe some just a few political ideas so you know it's not a perfect term but i like it queer sure why not <laughs> um yeah i think i think in terms of the word queer itself the definition of it is outside of the norms uh of what have been imposed upon us so i liked when phil said um fluid because personally i use the term fluid when determining or defining my sexuality for other people um but i think queer when it comes to kind of watering down the term and kind of trying to open up the discussion to the masses queer is a safe term to use because basically what we're saying is it's outside of the norms of what has been imposed upon us by regular society but there is room for discussion about it so um i i'm okay with the term queer in that um yeah it's it's open for interpretation but i think it is the kind of term that necessitates a follow-up discussion so that people understand um there is kind of you know it is outside of the norms of what we've been told is a or b but it does necessitate a follow-up conversation i think yeah i totally agree with uh with everyone actually on this because i feel it's like a, a very general term for for us all um but i feel that um to get put in that category the queer category i feel like we must um go through a period where we actually understand that we're not attracted to the opposite sex like only or at all or and i feel <clears throat> it's um we kind of have that difficult or not difficult phase that we seem very different from other people um with the norm uh that i absolutely hate that word mm. but um yeah and i feel that maybe everybody who is in the big queer um, under the big queer umbrella has felt maybe that um that feeling of being different at some point so uh simon would you feel that 
queer is first and foremost about being marginalized? Do you think that the more and more that uh, queer people become uh, accepted, I, I guess, by society, the less and less the, the queer identity will become valid? Mm, that's a great question. I, I actually think we're always going to be different and but I don't think we're going to be marginalized I feel like um, for the the survival of the earth or whatever like heterosexuals need like they, they will stay the norm because they will continue to populate um, but I mean we can adopt <laughs> no but you know what I mean yeah, like, I'm heterosexual <laughs> <laughs> I'm heterosexual but I feel like are you putting uh, the responsibility all on us now it's all on us I have lesbian friends who um, can who actually pop them out even quicker with artificial insemination because they can both be pregnant at the same time that's true <laughs> count me out very good point um, but um, I feel like marginalize is only a cultural thing I mean it's yeah culture is going to marginalize a certain group but you like I don't feel marginalized at all in Montreal, for example. Um, but when I go, like in New York, no, and in small suburbs here or even in France, I feel like it's marginalized. Yeah. So it's probably going to stay marginalized. I would just, just to say, I think that's something that's important to bring up um, is that I think we're we're very lucky in doing a roundtable here among artists who can speak openly and walk out onto the street and just live our lives like, hey, what's up, love and peace, right? Because we're in Montreal. So it's important to keep in mind, I think, as artists and being from North America and being from Montreal, that our opinions are probably going to differ greatly from artists who are, say, for example, in other countries where this kind of openness and inclusion of the queer community into the greater populace is not the norm. So a lot of what we have to say here is going to be very you know peace and love everything's awesome but that's because we have this gift where we live in a city where it's very much understood and accepted and there's a lot of love for our community so i think that's something to keep in mind um for the listeners just you know to think about that as well that we have it pretty friggin easy um here i think personally i have it easy <laughs> <laughs> it's a very safe uh, feeling place yeah. montreal yeah yeah, I just just like a small little experiential anecdote. Like recently, I was in Nepal doing some um, some research with um, the gay community there, and just seeing, you know, like they're they're definitely moving forward. Like they're in their twelfth year now of of moving forward with their their gay rights movement. But like, you know, there's there's still a lot of flack, and there's still a lot of like, you know, prejudice towards um, the queer gay community over there. Um, and and to see, you know. To see, you know, our world and their, that world and, and see what kind of things, you know, there's, I was able to witness some, um, some drag performances over there. And I mean, like, third gender within Nepal is its own thing um, because it's socially, you know, socially accepted. But there's still a lot of prejudice because third genders can't get jobs over there. And so here, you know, people can still, like you were saying, live their lives here. And we can still walk on the street and... and create openly and freely and i think that you know it's something beautiful it is it the only way i think you know arts has always been there to create change and and you know spark movements and and it's exciting to see where we're at now um 
Then Phil, um, tell me, do you feel that as a queer identified artist, it's your job to do something that will be political because of your position? Where I stand with it, you know, and I've had this conversation with several friends. Um, for me, if you want it to be a norm, you have to treat it like it's a norm. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's where I'm at with my work. Like, and that's where I, like I feel like my work ref reflects my life, and my life reflects my work. You know, if I want my sexuality to be to to be a norm, I have to treat it like a norm. And so when I when I deal with subjects, you know, I relate to all people. And, and for me, sexuality is just that I that thing that connects us all. It's the way we connect with one another. We understand one another, and and like and so for me to you know it's it. It's how I, I relate to men. It's how I relate to women. And and so am, am I not going to put women into my films because I'm gay? No, because like I, I interact with women in, in a certain way. And I've interacted with women differently throughout my life. You know, as I've come into my sexuality, as my sexuality evolves, you know, at moments it's more fluid. At moments it's, you know, more defined. And, and I think that's how I understand people like i was saying before you know my work's about people and it's about movement it's like how do we move together how do we ride each other's energy and, and work with one another and and uh, that's all i can hope with where i'm going with my career is like normalizing it making you know if there's a gay couple a straight couple a bias couple a queer couple a trans couple in my work like hopefully they would all see be seen as norm like as normals together and not normal as like a particular couple or individuals the, these ideas still need to be developed a little bit but I'm you know on my way with that what about for you other guests what do you think about uh, politicizing your work do you feel that it's important do you feel that it's just something that might happen um, <clears throat> excuse me I think it's important to understand <clears throat> the the social conventions that people have um, when they look at work and and also um, for example I've worked with um, a lot of women um, but if I'm doing a duet with a woman even though we might know it's completely um, ironic that she's wearing a she's wearing a dress and, and <laughs> I'm lifting her for example um, <laughs> that might be a total in joke but you know we look like a straight couple and we fall into whole if you put a man and a woman together there is a certain reading that will happen. If you put a certain material on two men versus two women, there's a certain reading that'll happen because of the history of the representation of the female body on stage and and all of that. So I think it's important to to know about these things and to think about these things when we make work. And I don't I think it's a it's an advantage we have as queer people because I think the straight community um I think there's a lot of work that's made in contemporary dance that is not conscious of this and there's and they don't understand how completely traditional they're being in their choices where they might even think they're really radical you know but so i think it's important to embrace this viewpoint that we have as queer people and um bring it into the work i think it adds a sophistication to the work because there's there's a more consciousness around the the politics that are already there because you know politics are always an aspect of any given situation so so um i forget kind of what the question was but <laughs> but um 
basically, I think it's it's a queerness can inform work in a really sophisticated way, and I think that should be encouraged, and and we should, as queer people, become more conscious of how it does do that, and and interact with that in our process, and kind of embrace that. Um. Hi, um, I feel like uh, I've seen all my life movies about like a man and a woman fall in love and Hollywood movies and everything. And at, at a certain point, I started to um, really think about um, the impact that would that a movie like, for example, I saw Brokeback Mountain like years ago and I was like, this is really good because it's a, a huge movie and it's two guys and it's like opening stuff. And I feel like when we we start doing material with two guys or two girls or um, it really starts. Yeah, the, the audience just get gets used to it and it starts being a new norm. And it's it's I feel like it's. I feel that it's my duty, um, actually, as an artist, to put it out there as much as possible because it's a part of me, and um, I want to leave that mark and make a difference in that sense for everybody out there that's thinking, oh, I kind of feel this relationship, but it's not a guy, and it's not a guy, and a it's not a guy and a guy it's a guy and a girl but i feel them but it's not me and i can't relate exactly to it so um so yeah i feel it's very important to 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 do that hi again um i'm gonna go ahead and play the devil's advocate everybody just say their name a little quick like just be like hey i'm jen before because our listeners can't see you guys and it would be good for everyone to know like who's expressing what Okay. Gabriel. It's it's Gab, the female. <laughs> no, I was just saying, I'm going to play the devil's advocate a bit because um, JD and I had this really amazing conversation last Friday. Um, and I consider myself, first and foremost, a choreographer, not a queer choreographer. I'm a choreographer who happens to be queer. Um, so I would say that you know, during my creative process, it's always going to be a little bit different. Certainly the experiences in my life that inform my creative process come from me. They're experiential mostly. So yes, there may be a certain, um, homosexual or queer dynamic in my work because those are the themes that I need to explore. However, as an artist, um, I don't necessarily think, you know, uh, to a certain point, yes, as artists, we have a political duty to kind of get out there and say, listen, this is what's up. Look at what's actually going on. But I don't necessarily think that my first or even like my sixth thought when I go into the creative process is how am I going to get these issues out in front of my audience's eyes? It's more, this is what's speaking to me. This is what's coming down through me that I need to get out into movement Um, and quite often you know some of the themes may be queer oriented themes but that will never be my first thought in my creative process so I think what it comes down to is everyone has their own creative process and obviously if you're dealing with queer or gender queer themes or any such thing yes they're going to touch upon my work but as an artist first and foremost I don't necessarily 
make it my responsibility to get a political agenda across in the work I create if it happens to be a, a happy accident because I'm exploring themes that I have personally been through then that's totally swell but that's not really how I approach my work if that makes sense I was just gonna say no I totally agree like that's how you should do it as, as a, I'm a, not sure no George says <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, you can have, you can have, like, I think there, the, you can have concept, but then you can also have, you know, I mean, I come from a very similar philosophy that, like, as as much as I like, I'm gay and I, I'm, I, I'm going to touch uh, naturally on gay themes because I'm gay because that's how I connect, like I was saying, but like, yeah, naturally I'm thinking of just like. Am I t- talking into the mic? Yes. <laughs> okay. Mic problems. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't know. Why? Why do you disagree, George? Um, I just agree because I think it's not. I think it's um, about just being aware of the fact that you're always proposing a, a political proposition when you put bodies on stage, whether you are conscious of it or not. And so it's just about being aware of that. And and so I would encourage people to always artists to be aware of that because it brings a sophistication to your work now i i'm i'm also maybe at a different part place in my career and i don't know how much you'll relate to my story or not but um when i moved here when i was in my i'm 43 now and when i was in my um 30s and 20s i was doing work that was you know easy it was easy to be categorized by the industry as like a gay or queer artist and there were showcase opportunities to do to be featured as like you know a gay artist or a queer artist and there's a kind of a ghettoization that could happen with that and i think and it was important for me to re- kind of resist that um and to to affirm that it was about the craft and um and i get a sense that that might be important for you too where you're at and so and i totally agree with that but i think there are there are layers and levels um to uh to the work that can happen and of course you should always be focusing on your craft and and on your your activities as an artist but i think also just being aware of what you're doing and what you're clicking into societally societally um and historically is part of that craft and it's not necessarily that you have to be um because there are people that do like my argument for why I, I refused to be at a certain point in gay showcases was because i felt like the uh, they should be for artists that do work specifically about being gay like because there are there are artists that do pieces about gay issues yeah. as opposed to gay or queer artists that do work so depending on what the topic it is i thought you know that should be what defines that I guess now I'm at a place where I'm, I'm more interested in actually delving into it and and uh, be doing work that is more obviously queer, um, and so we're maybe at different places. But I, I hear what you're saying. But I I guess that's just my viewpoint about not to throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. Can I can I just answer that because I it's Gab again because uh, I completely agree with everything you're saying. I think the key point that you brought up there is awareness, awareness for your audiences, where you're showcasing, and the kind of work that you're touching upon. My main concern I'm I'm 27 years old and I've also been working this for a while. I obviously don't have um, a vast showcase experience, but my concern is that I I would never want. 
um, being typecast as a queer choreographer to get in the way of me reaching a grander populace. And the reality is, if you are typecast as a queer choreographer, your audience is queer, and then there you go, losing the people that is that you most importantly need to speak to, mm-hmm. who are the greater populace, yeah, and I, not necessarily the queer community. I totally community. understand that. that. Yeah. And I think... Um, it's I yeah I totally relate to that, uh, yeah. Anyone else have something to say about that? Yeah, mic down. <laughs> We're having a mic problem, so actually I think that now would be a good time to take a I little think break. This is the perfect time to oh, play some ads. Yeah, sweet, absolutely. <laughs> so we'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to Movement Museum on CKUT 90.3 FM. And uh, JD, what is happening today? What is going on with all these wonderful people in our studio? Well, basically, (laughs) other than mic problems, we've been having a great discussion about uh, what it is to be a queer-identified artist, not to be confused with queer artists, which might pigeonhole some people. And also just how this might uh, affect people's uh, creative process and how if its work should be politicized or not. And we cut things pretty short uh, before the break because of the mic problem. But uh, I think George still had something to say about um, politicizing work and you know doing work that is inherently queer and political. George? Hi, yes. Um, that was a great photo shoot during the break, by the way. Um, <laughs> we're having fun here in the studio. And um, I, uh, yeah, I just wanted to respond um, to what uh, Gabby was saying. Um, uh, because I do understand that, resi- that, that hesitance um, to being typecast as a, a queer artist. And I remember a situation with myself and a presenter at one point who had a, um, a showcase, a yearly showcase, where they explained to me that it was with their gay show. And I remember thinking and saying to them, so you're telling me that all of the other shows the in- throughout the entire year are not gay? <laughs> you know? Like, like, so, so, you know, we're in, a, we're in a, um, an industry that, has a lot of gay people already and and that there but that sort of also can get to the difference between maybe what gay and what queer is because yeah. you just because you're gay doesn't necessarily mean that you're out or interested in exploring things that are alternative in terms of um uh art you know it could be there's a lot of really conservative gay work right um so so i i think um I understand the landscape you're talking about and how difficult that can be to to um, to figure it. But when I think a little deeper about how my own queerness, as a sort of someone who lived and grew up in a very, you know, um, outsider kind of situation, um, and also being gay and how those two things mingle together, I see how, as a young boy that was you know perceived as a girl and also very visible in a in a community with a lot of black people where I was white. Um, my self-awareness and my my consciousness of over like oh can they tell or people people perceive me this way how do how do i how am i moving how am i playing sports how can i be invisible how how am i visible and all of this <clears throat> this kind of mentality really um 
was really helped me in, in as a dancer in terms of being you know aware of the of all the choices that I make in my presence and in my movements. So I think it, it's had this very natural influence, um, which is positive in terms of bringing a kind of a real more sophisticated kind of um, ability to to project uh, movement and, and presence. So I think it does it has affected um, me whether I want it to or not, you know. Um, but then yeah, how do we how do we interact with this term and at the same time feel free? Because ultimately we're looking to feel more free artistically, not to become boxed into a, a certain situation. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be interested actually, can I Simon, I Am I, am I allowed to do that? Ask it one, someone else a question? Because you're working on a new piece, correct? A yes, new uh, film. Mm -hmm. So would you, for example, going into this creative process right now, in the, I believe it's in the genesis stages of this, of this work that you're doing, would you necessarily consider what you're doing right now a queer piece of work? Um, actually, I would. I would. Um... It's not narrative, but it treats of something very specific. And um, it treats... Uh, actually, I'm going to tell you guys. Um, it treats... Um, Spoiler alert. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just... It actually um, depicts the treatment of homosexuals during World War II in concentration camps. So... Um, and we all know about the Holocaust and the Jewish... Uh, the Jewish Holocaust and everything that happens over, happened over there. But... Um, Gays were also um, mistreated as gypsies, as, um, you know, different people um, than Aryans. And so I'm actually representing an Aryan that is being um, in care in that's being deported in concentration camps because he's gay. So he's like perfect for Germany, but the only thing that's wrong is he's gay. Mm. So, um, yes, I would say it's a very particular subject. And of course I, there is, um, the pink triangle aesthetic that comes through. So even if like, there's no text, there's no, um, I'm not speaking or, um, anything, but we kind of have visual references of the, the queerness of mm. the subject. So, um, yes, I would definitely say that it's a queer movie. Yeah. But identifying your film as queer, would you say that it's only meant for a queer audience then? Absolutely not. That's the, the main thing, actually. It's um, like at the beginning when I started thinking about all the historical um, part of it, of the video, I really wanted to, like, I start reading books about, like, the Pink Triangle and treatment of homosexuals in concentration camps. And I thought it was so interesting. Um, and so many people didn't even know that, uh, what a Pink Triangle was, what a Pink Triangle represented. And I felt like I really needed to put it out there for people and not queer people, because we know what a Pink Triangle was. But, um for everybody you know like when i talked to my parents for example about about it and they they didn't know and it it was i i kind of like instructed them of this i was like really i felt really good about spreading the word you know so no it's definitely not for a gay audience at all 
Well, it is, but I mean for everybody, seriously. Yeah. Um, this is JD. I'm going to interject. Actually, I haven't, I've been pretty quiet so far, but um, I find this really interesting that you bring up the fact that your next work will be uh, will be using a, a symbol as powerful as a pink triangle. Because my first piece, uh, I, I'm still a student, I'm at Concordia, and the first piece I created for our event called Spiral was based on the pink triangle. And it's funny that You know, we're both pretty young. We're both uh, sort of emerging as choreographers, as artists. And it is one of the symbols that brings us together because it's it has so much power and it still holds so much power over... It, it's kind of a big shadow, I guess, as queer artists, this pink triangle because of all the horror it presents, but also... Uh, the hope I guess it, it gave it brought people together and mm. it's still used as a very powerful and positive tool in many queer uh, associations, organizations and I think that one of the things about uh, the, the queer community is its willingness to use those symbols which are used first and foremost for oppression and bring it on its head and to really use them as powerful tools to bring people together and I, I feel that as queer artists uh, this it creates this these cultural self uh, references that that sort of uh, emerge through works and there's this um, sort of queer um, I'm looking for my words right now, I'm sorry about that, this queer sensibility that sort of comes out and do you feel, do you guys feel that Even when your work is not obviously queer, do you feel that this queer sensibility comes out? Or do you feel it from other performers and choreographers? Yes. <laughs> George. It's George said yes. Um, yeah, well, like I was explaining earlier, um, I think that um, queerness uh, can, can inform you in ways that you might not be aware of. Um, Uh, it might be the way you play a scene as a dancer. It might be a, um, just choices you make. It might be you know different. There's there's certainly a a queer aesthetic that you know um, can can uh, come out in costume choices and cho musical choices and uh, art direction. Um, and there's all different schools of it, but. As we're talking, I'm also thinking about um, the importance of education and of passing by passing information through generations as well, which is something that's a pro problematic with the we talk about the queer community, but it's so fractured and and we you know lost a lot of people due to AIDS, and also um, <coughs> we we don't necessarily have this really ingrained tradition of passing on information. I mean, it's it's getting better it seems um but part of my interest in i'm also in my new the few new projects that i'm starting just now um are more queer identified and using queer symbols or i'm like when i in 1997 i interviewed quentin crisp who was a um kind of qu a queer activist of sorts um was an author and a kind of celebrity um and uh british there was a film made about him called the naked civil servant um he was a very out gay british guy who was out in the um the 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s 
who's really old, right? <laughs> and, and, and really patient and, you know, waited and insisted on not being anything other than out. Um, and I, it's, it's been interesting to me um, having encounters with other British queer identified artists who didn't even know who Quentin was, for example. Um, so it's important for this, like, us to have these kind of conversations publicly too. Um, besides the making the art, it's it's also about our conversations with each other and and just the general awareness that we keep stimulating. So, so yeah, that's all I have to say about that. I think right now. <laughs> so thanks for having us on. <laughs> Great. Now, um, I have another. Actually, just one more thing that I want to ask George specifically from what we were discussing before. Am I allowed to do that? Retour dans texte. Okay. No. Um, just because I'm thinking more and more about my creative process and kind of some of the stuff that George and I are going for dinner after this, so we can talk about all the shit. <laughs> um, no, but just thinking about, for example, you know, if. My concern, you know, if I were to create a piece of choreography that was really about some experience I was having and it was this really deep, important piece that I was very close to and people identify me as a queer choreographer and I and I have a habit of putting these political agendas behind my art, you know, then people are always going to see that in the movement. And that's what concerns me is that you know, I could create this really beautiful piece of work that speaks to some specific theme that is not queer at all. And then people will watch it and there'll be a female and a male dancer on stage doing all this great movement. And people afterwards are going to be like, oh, well, you know, she was using the irony of the man and the woman and the role reversal. It's just like, that's not what it was about. It was about picking tulips. You know what I mean? So I guess that's another angle of my concern about you know, being identified as a queer choreographer as opposed to being able to be identified as a choreographer, point final, and then whatever themes I choose to explore, I give that information, like you were talking about, the importance of education to my audience in that moment as opposed to being a queer choreographer umbrella and then people right off the bat assuming that the themes I'm working with are are these because obviously the art that we do in movement... Um, it is grossly up to interpretation. Um, so I guess that was just uh, one more thought. I like had a mini stroke and had that thought in my own head that I just, it's the reverse also of not only being typecast and having to be choosy about where you show, but also people going in knowing that you're a queer choreographer and then seeing themes or having preconceived themes imposed upon your work and not allowing them to go in with a clear mind and a clear and a clear thought when they look at your work. Does that make sense? Can I just add a comment? And in, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like stir up anything because I saw your piece. Oh yeah, piece. we're fighting. <laughs> stir it up, stir it up. <laughs> Let's do it. Because like I saw I saw your piece last weekend. And I think knowing that it was like Glam Gam Productions, I just assumed it was going to be something queer. And I think which it was. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. And so, like watching this, I walk I walk away, and I'm talking to my boyfriend, and I'm, and I'm I'm like, it was just it was very queer. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was a fun, yeah. sexy experience. But like, I think that was, I, and it, so part of me is like, okay, well, I hear everything you're saying. So yeah. how do how do, like, how do you create a platform? where people aren't going to assume that of your work because right now like you you are attached to something that i already was going in thinking this is going to be queer this is going to like have a certain aesthetic to it and then it matched that aesthetic for sure yeah absolutely it's gab speaking in um but 
there's completely is what George was saying about that awareness, knowing your audience, know what you're you're working with. You know, I am working with a queer burlesque troupe, and I am presenting at Pride. The work that we were doing was very informed and very obviously queer, and I knew that. So that's a completely different contract. That's a completely different creative process than me going into a blank studio alone, shutting all the lights off and creating movement. It's going to be two completely different beasts, and any artists um, who work on their own creative beast as well as take um, you know, contracts on the side will know that creating work for yourself and having to get a story across or a narrative across is going to be a different, a completely different process than going in and working with a specific group that has a preset specific audience and being able to say very much, yes, Glam Gam Productions is queer and the movement was queer and everybody knows that, you know? So that's kind of the difference um, between going in and doing that work and me creating my own thing and not wanting it to necessarily be... C'est comme des préjugements, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't want people to go into... To, to my work with preconceived notions about what themes I'm going to be exploring because that may not be the case at all, you know? Um, JD here, but don't you think, Gabby, that no matter who, <clears throat> sorry, the choreographer is, even if they're not queer, even if, I mean, like you take someone like um, Fred Gravel, Frédéric Gravel, who's, you know, a, a straight choreographer as far as I know, Uh, I've seen a few of his works and I am going to go into one of his works with uh, préjugé, like uh, with um, what's the word in English for that? Prejudice? Prejudice? Yeah, but prejudice sounds so harsh though. I don't... Anyway, I'm going to go in with some ideas of what to expect. Yeah. And even though it's just with the type of movement he does, yeah. with the, the use of music, with all of that. So don't you feel that sometimes... This is something that will happen to any choreographer whatsoever. Yeah, and being queer is just a bit more specific about some things. Uh, absolutely. And I think that's a really good point is that when you're an established choreographer and you've been working long enough and people know your movement, they're obviously going to go in with preconceived thoughts about the work that they've seen, the expanse of your work that they've seen throughout your career. My in in an ideal world the preconceived notions that my audience is coming in with is that i am a curious choreographer that creates uh, raw dynamic movement that explores any number of themes um, my preference would be that they come in with an open mind and that they do not assume that every single piece that i am working on is some commentary on my sexuality or society's view of my sexuality I would say that the trick to what you're talking about is to just be a really, really good choreographer. <laughs> Got because, it. Noted. <laughs> because um, if the work itself, the dance, is speaking on other levels, yeah. then some people will receive that. Yeah. And other people might receive something else. Yeah. And I think really good work... Um, uh, which I'm sure we all want to make is, <laughs> is um, has the ability to be open to different interpretations. Yeah, so, so that's the challenge of making really good work, allowing yeah. letting it be um, available to people who might click into this queerness to it, and then other people who might just not see the queer might just be like, "Oh, that was really pretty," you know. But some people might think, and that's <laughs> great, that you know. Well, or or you know, or or oh, that was interesting, or what? Yeah. I don't know what the other what the various layers might be there that you want to put in. But I would say then, you know, 
it'd be very important for you to make sure there are other layers. Yeah, absolutely. So that it's open to other people. That's great advice, George. No problem. <laughs> Simon, do you have anything to add? Well, I maybe have a comment for you, Gab. Um, I <laughs> on on that on the same thing. Um, I actually feel that it's just the notire notoriety, not notoriety, notoriety <laughs> you build for yourself yeah. that brought the public to um, expect everything of you of your work being queer. Yeah. Um, maybe if you like didn't want to go in that direction, maybe you should have um, done like queer and non-queer stuff and queer and non-queer and like building your public you know what i mean for sure but um yeah i feel it's it's just like the culmination of like many pieces maybe many queer pieces i i'm really not familiar with your work yeah. i'm sorry oh, okay. so um yeah i feel that maybe if you do a piece i i actually feel that you can break that notoriety for sure and um if you really want to do something um yeah Yeah. different yeah. I, i was gonna say straight but <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> let's let's call them different here okay um so yeah you, you should definitely go for it and even maybe label that as being not queer uh george you have something to add yeah i just want to add that um the notion of pride also in being queer is really important and we've been working towards that for decades <laughs> so i think i would just encourage us to be pr proud of our queerness and if people have see it well great you yeah. know yeah totally agree yeah for sure and i'm i mean it's more i completely agree with that i have not this is not a problem i've encountered at all in my career it was more a discussion based on going forward and how artists should approach the movement that they create because i am always extremely aware of the work i do and the audiences i do it for and um the glam gam the choice to work with them is because they're an exceptionally talented group of people who do good work and who do get out into the community um and my work up until now has not It's explored certain themes that obviously, you know, are my personal experiences, but it's definitely more of a question for going forward what we kind of all felt about, um, you know, I think it's a really important question to raise about as artists, if you're going to be out there, if you're, you know, getting in people's faces, you know, how, how much politics is okay? How much do you, how much are we responsible for telling people, you know, this is what's up, look at what we're doing, listen. Uh, you know, Andy Warhol said, art is what you can get away with you know i think we should push that to the limit so how how much are you guys considering marketability and taboos in when you create something is it something i mean gab's bringing up the fact that it it is something that might restrict her viewing public and it, she's not really talking about it in financial terms so much <laughs> as in an artist wants to get their stuff out there And if the people are not going to go see something just because they have prejudice about it, it does limit the artist's potential of changing things, of impacting people. What do you guys think of this? I think the thing to pay attention to is the conversation that you have with presenters and your relationships with presenters. Less than thinking about the audience, because, I mean, those things are linked anyway. But if if you... Because there are... 
really specific networks um, and circuits uh, for queer work or for certain types of work. And um, I, I think it's important. It's been important for me to have a have a flexibility and a real a clarity with the dialogues that I have with presenters in terms of what my work is about and to address some of these issues if they come up um, and to be aware of like what circuit I might be clicking into and what circuits I don't want to click into yeah. or or even d- depending on the piece you know it might be that I'm doing a certain kind of work that I feel it makes sense to be in this circuit and so I pursue those kind of conversations with those kind of presenters that are interested in so um for me i think of it that way yeah. <laughs> i i wonder it's like to i won't touch that <laughs> no, i, I want to touch it but I, I don't know if i fully know what i want to say yet so if one of you guys want to go first <laughs> we are we are I, um, getting to towards the end i, I do want to say though i feel like on that note maybe maybe what the angle could be at this point is if anybody has a project coming up that you want to talk about um and and just give us again your name and uh and and let us know who who we've been listening to for the last hour hi i'm george (laughs) (laughs) i've been part of the conversation and really quickly i've got a few projects that i'm starting right now that are um involving working with uh, male dancers exclusively and um, they'll be premiering next spring in Montreal and I look forward to doing that and um, thank you so much so uh, yep, my name is Gabby Coulter. Thanks so much for having me on. I have a few projects in the works right now, uh, one of which is going to be um, uh, kind of movement creation working with a few collaborators uh, musician Adrian Copeland a friend of mine Nada Wood also hopefully JD will get on board uh, and uh, a lot of teaching going on and lots of stuff going on at the Margie Gillis Dance Foundation to look out for as well I like to name drop so that was <laughs> that was my one name drop for the day <laughs> Hi, I'm Phil Forte, and uh, thank you for having me on the show. Um, I don't really have any uh, work that I foresee being finalized in the next year, but right now I'm working, I have some future collaborations with some choreographers coming up, um, and I have uh, my documentary on the gay rights movement happening in Nepal that should be in the works, so check that out. It'll probably be on Kickstarter, Indiegogo in the next few months, and check it out on Facebook. Well, I actually want... So, thank you so much for having me on the show. This is a pleasure for me. Um, My name is Simon Vermeulen, and uh, the title of the dance video I was talking about uh, earlier is Der Untermensch, and uh, it will be premiering uh, this fall. So, uh, check it out. Thank you so much. Well, JD, again, just to close off, uh, we'll be putting information about all of the wonderful guests we had on the blog, so that if you guys want to keep up to date with what they're doing, you can have a bit more information about how to reach them or just see their bios and everything. Absolutely. So that's it for us today on Movement Museum at CKUT 90.3 FM. And we're going to play our usual uh, theme song. I just wanted to mention it's actually... uh, do you want to dance by the queers today just to, <laughs> to stay on theme? So have yourself a wonderful Thursday.